0: Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to Bubble Storia. Speaking is your host Vivian. I'm so excited to be back and today I'm joined by a friend Nemo from GS, and we will be talking about Black, Indigenous and People of Color Mental Health Month as July is coming to an end. Nemo, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Hi guys, my name is Nemo. I am a 16 year old from the United States. I'm also a podcaster who focuses specifically on the issues that affect the BIPOC community. I'm very excited to be here today. This theme of BIPOC mental
0: health will be separated into two episodes. The first episode is like a general introduction, history, and some topics that we have selected to discuss specifically on BIPOC mental health. After today's episode, Nemo and I will be posting anonymous story submission boxes on our Instagram accounts and collect people's different experiences and voices. The second episode, we will be discussing those similar and different experiences, and we will also bring in a guest speaker to provide a more professional perspective on BIPOC mental health.
1: So, as we know, July is BIPOC Mental Health Awareness, which um, was formally recognized in June 2008 as the Baby Moore Camp on National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's still called that um, in some places. So, BIPOC Mental Health was created to bring awareness to the unique struggles that underrepresented groups face in regard to mental health in the United States because it is often stigmatized, according to Mental Health America. Um, What's really cool about Mental Health America when I was searching through their website is that they have specific themes every year, and the theme for 2022 was beyond the numbers. They state that Mental Health America recognized that the BIPOC communities have history that go beyond the numbers. While there are stories of resilience born out of oppression, persecution, and abuse, there is immeasurable strength in each of these cultures, in an increasingly diverse America. They acknowledge um, the the specific of individual and group experiences and how it relates to their beliefs and well-beings. So if you guys want to learn more about um, BIPOC mental health as a whole, please go check out Mental Health America.
0: So a little bit about the history behind BIPOC month. July was originally designated as National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month but Mental Health America has renamed it to BIPOC, standing for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, instead of using the word minority. The reason behind was because the word minority or marginalized emphasizes the power differential between majority and minority groups and can carry a sense of inferiority that BIPOC might feel. And that contradicts with the idea of empowering individuals as a whole person versus quantity. So in order to promote and to be effective in addressing mental health for all and to be more inclusive, BIPOC month was renamed by Mental Health America in addressing people with diverse experiences. A leading challenge for BIPOC regarding mental illness is the barriers to receiving treatment and many factors that contribute to this including systemic racism and discrimination within the mental health industry, which this has also exposed BIPOC to risk factors that increase the chances of developing mental health conditions, such as homelessness or the exposure to violence. And research has actually shown that Black Americans are 20 percent more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. For example, PTSD after experiencing violence. In addition, the cultural stigma against mental health is prevalent in some communities as people view mental health as a personal failing or weakness rather than a real diagnosable or treatable condition that makes many people hesitant to seek professional help. Other than that, a lack of insurance, language barriers, and differences in communication can also make it incredibly difficult for receiving care since higher percentage of BIPOC speak a language different than English, which can make it difficult in finding a local provider. And lastly, although mental illness appears to affect various racial groups at similar rates, the vast majority of mental health treatment providers in the U.S. are Caucasians. In 2015, about 86% of psychologists were whites, while only 2% of American Psychological Association members were Black. This lack of diversity can create a significant gap in understanding BIPOC's mental struggles that are relevant to our own unique experiences. Okay, so now we're going to transition to some questions for us all to think about. And I'm going to start off with the first one, Asking Nemo. So why do you think it is important to recognize BIPOC mental health specifically?
1: I think it's important to recognize BIPOC mental health because oftentimes the struggle of the BIPOC community is neglected um, by the the greater community and oftentimes you know like there's a stigma for an example um in my history class we were talking about the stigma of the angry black woman and how people are so so often to like call a black woman angry for getting mad about something um than to call a white woman angry when she gets mad about something or like any other woman of color when she gets mad about something and I think just like those little stereotypes have taught me that it's so important to recognize BIPOC mentality because if you're like putting labels to like an emotion that a person of color feels and you're saying that they're overreacting or like you know you're trying to like um, like manipulate the way that they're feeling, like that happens so often in the community, and I've seen this ha- happen a lot in America, and that just really stigmatizes like the way that they're actually feeling, and like gets them away from like you know like understanding what mental health is. And I feel like within like certain cultures, at least in my culture, like a lot of people don't understand what mental health is. And my culture is mainly POC, of course, and I think it's just kind of. In the culture, you know, often not talked about, and also neglected. So it's like it's being neglected by the outside communities, being neglected by white people, but it's also being neglected within the cultures itself. Um, what do you think, Vivian? Yeah, I definitely agree
0: with the idea of the stigma related to like the cultural stigma related to mental health. It's it just makes it more difficult for people to even like first of all, to receive help from a professional or also just to talk about mental health with people like in your own community, just because it is so stigmatized and people just don't really talk about it. And it is also important, as I already mentioned, to talk to a person who can like actually understand, I guess, or relate to specific situations that we can feel safe and comfortable talking about with the right person. So I guess by recognizing BIPOC mental health spec- specifically, I wish more people can become aware of the cultural aspect of mental health and how um, like some mental health illness do come from the environment where we live in versus just the genetic aspect. And also by recognizing it, I hope more people can receive the help they needed and also to inspire more people to join this mental health campaign and helping more people to create connections.
1: Yes, I definitely agree with everything that you just stated. And also, yeah, I want people to, like, become more aware because, like, it's so important to recognize even the little things. Like, for an example, like, low-income communities, um, their schools are funded lower because, obviously, schools are funded by the communities within they're close-to um, and the taxes of those communities. And so, like, those schools aren't able to provide, like, counselors, like, real mental health counselors who can talk out these situations with people. There's, like, food insecurity that leads to, like, um, struggling with mental health and I think it's just so important to like pick up on those little things and to like help a friend out if you see someone struggling like it's always important to reach out to them rather than just like letting it go now yeah.
0: yeah I think definitely like I, I guess like for my school we do have counselors but I know for a lot of schools that the counseling service is very limited and even if like if, even if schools have to have counselors I guess like I heard from one of my friends that you have to wait for over a month to be like to meet the counselor when you schedule it and I guess like after a month I guess your problem is probably like soft or like you probably don't even need or, to see a counselor by maybe, then
1: or so even gotten worse like
0: yeah exactly like if you just don't receive the immediate help like it, it could get worse so I guess like really developing this general awareness among people so like I know there's there's a lot of like psychological first aid courses online or like counseling resources online that people I I guess people should like have a general sense about so when you like talk to your friends like at least you know like how can
1: you help each other
0: with problems
1: right yeah just like make sure to use your resources make sure just keep an eye on a friend that you know who is struggling um yeah yeah so moving on to the second question um is bipoc mental health discussed in your community a lot is it a term that people bring up and talk about um
0: not specifically about bipoc mental health but we do talk a lot about mental health itself and then about building a more inclusive community but it surprises me that like at least in my school we don't really talk about BIPOC mental health specifically and I and we just don't really recognize like the different experiences of mental health struggles like I feel like mental health is just a big umbrella that includes many different unique experiences like like for example for stress and this and anxiety people have different struggles within it it's not just universal kind of
1: yeah what do you think um i think so i go to a predominantly white private school and in my private school we talk a lot about mental health um i think there are many people who struggle with mental health and it's very easy to just have a conversation with a friend and it's like always nice to like just know that you're in a community where people um, do know what mental health is and people you know often like know a lot about mental health um, and like there are amazing teachers that I can talk to I don't think anyone really recognizes BIPOC mental health like we've never really had conversations about it except I um co-lead my racial awareness club and we do sometimes have conversations on um I guess mental health generally like not as a group we don't really talk about as a group but like just talking to like specific people in the club and like talking about like BIPOC mental health like I was talking to one of my friends in the club and we were talking about how July is BIPOC mental health and how we barely like see anyone ever posting about it like I've never really come across like any of my peers posting about it which is just interesting to me because like like I said I go to a predominantly white school and like there isn't a lot of POC students um but it's still important to like spread that awareness if you know that it is like BIPOC mental health um because like we know it is like stigmatized and you know mental health is a very 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 broad um saying and like like you said there are so many things under the umbrella and oftentimes like these movements um you know like they don't really support I guess they do support but like they don't really acknowledge um the BIPOC community and I think it's important to like acknowledge the BIPOC community by itself because you know when you're talking about mental health like for me like when I'm talking about mental health in my culture I'm usually like just thinking about like white people I never really like bring it back to myself or like my culture because of the way that I've grown up and the way that I've learned that you know like mental health is all in your head which it's not it's not like mental illness is not all in your head and certain cultures do teach that and I promise that's not the truth um but like I was saying, I think it's important to have that like stem in the under the umbrella for um people of color, and you know just like making sure like you understand that it's not it's not easier for it's not as easy for POC to um like access these resources and like talk about mental health, and even within like the medical system, like the BIPOC community, they're so much more likely to be treated poorly by. Um, the medical system and like as we know like for an example i could speak for um like the black community because i'm black like um many black women have sickle cell disease and i'm always reading stories like it's like genetically more likely to happen um when you're a black woman and i'm always reading stories on how doctors are like neglecting these women with sickle cells how they're in pain in emergency rooms and they're still putting other people before them and i think it's it just blows my mind but yeah and those little things that affect mental health
0: yeah I definitely agree with like just the challenges especially for BIPOC people with like regarding mental health and how like it's just not like as recognized in my community I also go to a predominantly white school And I just never see anyone posting about BIPOC Mental Health Month. Like, I didn't even know about this, like, BIPOC Mental Health Month until, like, a few months earlier. So it just, it just kind of, like, strikes me, too, about how this is just, like, not discussed within the community. Like, I guess in our, like, curriculum, we would talk about, like, history and, like, other struggles but when it comes to mental health and when how it's it just relates to um the, the systemic racism and discrimination and also like neglect within the medical system or in the socioeconomic status, like it's just not as recognized, I guess, like in education and then like within the school community.
1: I yeah. um I agree, like, a place where I see it a lot is education. Um, I'm very thankful to be getting the education that I'm able to get right now. Um, But I know so many of my friends who aren't, you know, um, in communities that are very, like, well-funded or go to schools that, excuse me, I meant to say school, go to schools that are very well-funded. And it's always just so sad, like, hearing about the way that the education system, like, neglects the students especially during COVID like that impacted so many youths mental health um because you know like schools didn't get like set routines of like when to turn things in and like really put so much responsibility on like youth who are literally like also struggling during COVID and I think um because my sisters like they all go to a different school than mine so like I could see from their perspective on um, the things that they were struggling with and the fact that like they literally were doing school for like two hours on Google classroom and they were assigned a ton of work and like teachers didn't give any lessons or anything. And I think that's so interesting because like, like why is that? Why was that like the way that it was set up during COVID and like when you're giving students that much work to do by themselves, like that really does impact their mental health. And like, also another thing is like, like statistically speaking, like the BIPOC community um, it's uh, you know, like, there's always, like, you know, like, the language gap between parents and, like, trying to get help, like, from your parents, like, through homework or, like, just, like, those little small things that can really affect mental health. And I think COVID made that even, like, a bigger thing. Um, and, like, like I said, like, a lot of low-income people, which happen to be, um, you know, like, people who are, like, refugees and, like, immigrants, um, so mainly POC people, it and when their schools are like being funded less they have access to less and less clubs and less extracurricular activities and all those things like not having those like small things too can really affect your mental health so like really it all just connects back to like all these like bigger things so it's all these like smaller things that are you know coming from the root
0: yeah I definitely agree and like especially for education during COVID like, for some lower-income families, there might, like, there might not be enough computers or laptops for all the children to, to be able to attend classes, so a lot of them, or if there's no, like, a stable internet connection, like, a lot of them just can't receive education during COVID at all, and that just kind of, like, like, I guess during COVID, like, this whole educational gap and also, like, income wealth gap just it, it just became so much wider and it it just became so much like like unequal opportunity for people and and also like speaking from like an international student's perspective like during COVID because of travel restrictions a lot of people just can't even go home and I was pretty appreciative that my school opened up the dorms for us to stay in but I just couldn't imagine like how many more people who can't like go back home and are stuck in the United States and has and have like nowhere to go to like study or to even live like that just that just makes me so sad and yeah and like I feel like that's like why I think it is important to recognize kind of like the different experiences that for BIPOC people, because there's just more challenges in terms of like education or economically and like in um, the medical field too.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think like it is so important to recognize like these differences. Um, And I think a lot of people do know about these differences. Like you can't be living, like talking about the United States, like you can't be living in the United States and not realize like how much, like, you know, like schools are being funded and like how little schools are being funded that like are mainly, um, you know, like the BIPOC community or like just like BIPOC mental health in general and just all those small things. Like it is important to recognize, but like sometimes we also have to act on it too. Like we have to, do something about it and just like doing these like small things like recording an episode and like sharing it with your community for people to listen. Like that really does make a change. And like, honestly, any action can truly make a change. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Like when I was like meeting with my counselor one time, I mean, like I would only talk to her about the more like general topics like stress from school or like anxiety stuff, but I've never talked to her about like, stuff that's, I guess, like, related to my culture and, like, identity, and I just found that I don't really have anyone to talk to, and not even a lot with my friends, because, you know, there's people with, like, different ethnicities in my friend group, and it's, I feel like this is more of a private conversation, and I just don't really have the chance to talk to people like that, so I guess, like, I guess like doing you know podcasts or sharing our experiences online and like finding more connections are very important because it just it makes me feel like I'm not alone in this and it can also like sh- tell other people about my story and also hear about other people's experiences too
1: yeah I completely agree yeah. So- yeah. Okay, so okay
0: So moving on to the next question, how do you think we as high school students or teenagers can do to help with BIPOC mental health and those around us?
1: So um, I feel like, you know, oftentimes, like, we as young people don't think that we have as much power. And like, realistically speaking, like, we don't have a lot of power, but um, we can do so many things um, and like, really make a difference, like, all the protests that we've been to—that truly makes differences—and like, you know, our voices are strong and powerful. Um, and I think that just you know, like, posting things on social media because that's where a lot of like the, you know, like the teenage community is on social media nowadays. And I and I do know that oftentimes we are just like wired, like people was posting on social media about these things. But like, you have to recognize that it's for people to see, and like, it really does make a change because. Can't tell me that when you see something on Instagram that's like interesting, you don't click on it and look at it, even though like a million people re- a million people are posting it, you know. So I think just like using your sources, using social media, um, you know, talking about at your school, maybe like make a speech at like a school assembly, or like, you know, like make flyers at school, um, you know, talking about in the school community is always important too, because that's where we spend most of our time and just doing little things like that. hmm Yeah, I
0: agree with um, mainly about education and also spreading the awareness. I think especially during COVID, I've seen so many different, like, posts and stories about mental health and about social justice, and I felt like, um, like, since a lot of people are on social media nowadays, like, it also, it just brings in more people, like some, some of my friends who like weren't really invested into invested in social justice and like campaigning and all this stuff. I like now they're very they're very into this and they've been like writing articles about it, joining campaigns, and like speaking on speaking during morning meetings to the whole um, the school community. So I guess like start from our own school and community, city or town or online, and joining clubs and campaigns and writing about what we believe in and I guess just fly like find a platform to um let our voices be heard because it does matter a lot and it does like inspire a lot more people to join this.
1: Yeah I agree um in your opinion what do you think our schools can do to provide um, BIPOC students with more mental health resources?
0: Um, I think, like, a thing, a good thing about my school is that we have this DEI office, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion office, that have, like, teachers from different backgrounds, but I do think that our counseling service does lack a lot of diversity. Like, it's just I think all of the counselors are white. So I would suggest, suggest like bring more diversity, not just like within the DI office, but also like bring, bring in diversity across campus. So it's not like, oh yeah, our school is so diverse because we have a DEI office, but it's about, yes, our school is diverse and inclusive because we like genuinely care about diversity in different areas. And I feel like other than that, it will be really helpful to have more safe space for BIPOC students to talk about our struggles on campus and like just to create this space for people to talk about our concerns and experiences on campus. And I guess it's more about education and having more awareness activities on campus um, that like don't really just affect pop people, but also it can bring in everyone else and make more people start caring.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's nice that your school has, the, uh, like, the diversity, equity, and inclusion center. Um, my school, unfortunately, does not, but I think um, over the next couple of years, um, it would be amazing if they could, like, implement it, and, like, I sadly wouldn't be able to experience it because this is my last year, but, like, I think that is, like, a step forward, and, like, we've definitely been Progressing more within our diversity. Um, so like implementing more diversity into our school too. And you know, just like having resources for BIPOC students or like, you know, maybe even like just putting up flyers, like letting students know that they can come and talk to you and just things like that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so this
0: is the end of the first episode. Again, we will be posting story submissions boxes on our social media accounts. The purpose is to provide a safe space for people to share with us about your experiences with mental health, as well as a platform to let your voice be heard anonymously. You don't have to be a POC to submit comments or stories. If you have anything to say about BIPOC mental health or things you have noticed, please don't hesitate to share with them, share them with us and the people around the globe. Again, those submissions are entirely anonymous, and no names will be displayed at all times, and we will not be knowing who submitted what. Those will be published on both of our Instagram account, those um, submissions boxes, and my podcast account at Bubblestoria, b u b b l e s d o r i a underlined, and my personal account at Vivian. B-I-V-I-A-N, underline Z-H-O-U-U, and NAMO's account at NAMO, N-A-I-M-O dot M-O-H. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope to hear from you and continue today's topic very soon. Bye!